You are now connected to the Nerd Podcast Mafia. Have a seat at the table with Open All Powers, Soul Wizard, Fans on Patrol, I love them. Dinner with, with a podcast, Superheroes Speak, fucking Pastaro, Nerdtastic Podcast, and of course, Call 45. And not another nerdy podcast, I love you. Entertainment, your ears can't refuse. Broadcasting very fast and very dangerous from the planet Malastare. You are listening to So Wizards. You are thinking, you said people gonna die? The only podcast to make the Kessel Run in under 12 parsecs. There'll be no one to stop us this time. Oh yeah, everybody. It is time for episode number 206 of the So Wizard podcast. I'm your host, Joey DiCarlo. My co-hosts, we've got Marquis Markellis Riggins. Yo, what is going on, everybody? And this week, the queen of all nerds, Aubrey Litchfield, is on assignment. So coming in and keeping her chair warm, live and direct from the super retro throwback reviews, it's Mr. Steven Christina. Hello, everyone. What's up, Stephen? How are you? I'm doing very well. Thank you guys for having me. Ah, no problem at all. No problem at all. Any one we can pay in exposure dollars, we're more than happy to have him on the show. <laughs> <laughs> so you, the listener, are listening to So Wizard Podcast. Three friends discuss the world of nerd podcasting weekly. This week, we're going to talk some nerdy news, and then we've got a review of the latest movie from Dwayne The Rock Johnson Skyscraper. But before we get into that, how's everybody doing, Markellis? You. What's going on? Uh, I am exhausted. I'm not going to lie. <laughs> I've had a, I had a, even though it's, it's halfway through the weekend, uh, I spent uh, a majority of yesterday helping out our uh, former host of the show, Tom Van Zant. He of Not Another Nerdy Podcast uh, unpack his house. He just moved into a new place and he needed some help unpacking his stuff. Needless to say, uh, anyone who's sad about Toys R Us going out of business, uh, just stop over by Tom's house because my man has a shit ton of toys. Not really, not really ready to sell any of them, but damn, it's a lot of toys. That was super nice, of you <laughs> sucker. <laughs> <laughs> I know, I know. You know, the middle of July, nice and muggy outside, moving tons and tons of boxes of comic books and toys and kitchen stuff. Uh, it, it, it was it was pretty exhausting considering that I. Sit at my job, sit at my desk at my job all day, and I sit at my desk and and podcast and stuff at you know at home. That's the most physical activity I've gotten in years. <laughs> my body is like, what are you doing? What are you doing? So, yeah, the first couple of weeks when I started my new job, from sitting in a desk at a cubicle all yep. day, coming home, laying on the couch, and watching TV for a few hours, or podcasting and going to bed, <laughs> it was a very big shock. <laughs> Yeah, man, I can't imagine doing your job now, man. Oh, God, kill me. I, uh, yeah, uh, I, well, you know, you feel, know how I feel. I exist in a perpetual state of tired. So. Exactly, exactly. <laughs> that's, that's exactly what I was thinking as I was laying in bed and I couldn't move yesterday. Like, oh, God, this must be what Joey feels like. All the time. <laughs> Do they hurt every time they come out? Every time. <laughs> <laughs> all right, Steven, tell us all about you and tell us all about your podcast. Well, um, 
I was born First. in Connecticut. <laughs> <laughs> born and raised in Connecticut. Um, I'm a podcaster. Went to broadcasting school. Fall whoa, of 2016. Whoa, 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 whoa. Where did you go to school? Connecticut School of Broadcasting. I always wanted to go there when I was younger. Because <laughs> they have commercials <laughs> all the time on uh, Radio 104 and 106.9. Yep. Um, 106.9 at the school I went to, they have a station there, but they're... Um, internet radio so you can still listen uh, to them on an um but when i graduated i still wanted to retain my education and i said why don't i do a podcast so since i graduated in 2016 i created super retro throwback reviews and it was strictly a youtube channel one year into the in, its inception i created an audio podcast so it's the new and improved super retro throwback reviews audio files version 2.0 um, on YouTube, it's just super retro throwback reviews, and I'm just chugging along with it. Now, what do you usually cover on your show, man? Is it? It's. I'm sure it's. Uh, from what I remember, it's just a wide range of everything. But what is it mainly for? We take care of movie, uh, movies, music, video game reviews mm-hmm. um, on our YouTube channel, which mostly movie reviews. On the weekends, we do movie reviews on our mobile phones uh we go see the movie in the theater and when the movie gets out i record it on my phone the review in my car and then i edit it afterwards so that way it's fresh in my mind and that way i can get it out immediately for people who want to see the film um if i get the opportunity to see the film as early as possible earlier in the week then i'll get it out immediately Mm -hmm. um Music and movie reviews, I don't get to do as much as a movie review, but I also get to do Comic-Con coverage. So people who have a job and don't want to go to a Comic-Con or don't have time, I'll get them the coverage so they don't miss out. That's awesome because there's a ton of conventions and they are expensive. So, uh, yeah, if if people can get that experience without shelling out the big bucks, that's pretty cool. Yeah. So it's kind of a, you know... If you don't want to spend the money, you can listen to my audio podcast because I get to interview celebrities, artists, and vendors, so you don't miss out. That's very cool. Yeah, that's where we uh, first met up at one of the one of the conventions, dude. And it was very cool. And uh, thank you. I didn't get a chance to thank you for uh, taking a picture uh, with me and Caesar Feliciano at uh, the last convention that we went to. I was lucky I ran into you. So uh, thanks a lot for that, man. Oh, anytime. Like was that when I was gambling? Out. Yeah. <laughs> yeah. Joy was off gambling, losing his money. Uh, That's right. <laughs> I wish I had been the one taking the picture. <laughs> I would still have some money in my pocket. Awesome. What's the next uh, convention that you're hitting up, Stephen? Um, Terrificon. It's like in my backyard, so it's going to be very exciting. The next podcast episode, I'm going to have Mitch from Terrificon on the episode. So we're going to be talking about Terrificon. So. Oh, that's fantastic. awesome. Yeah. Well, where where can people find your podcast, dude? You can find Super Retro Throwback Reviews on YouTube. The next mobile movie review will be Mission Impossible Fallout. <laughs> and you can find the audio podcast, the new and improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Files version 2.0 on iTunes, Podbean, SoundCloud, Stitcher, Google Play, and uh, Spotify. And coming soon, Google Podcast. I'm still working on that. All right. Awesome. We will also be at Terrific Con. 
<laughs> that was our big news from over this weekend. We got approved for our press passes for uh, Terrific Con. So coming up in August, we will be August 17th through the 19th at Mohegan Sun Casino, in Uncasville, Connecticut. Terrific Con. Uh, me and Mark will be uh, checking it out, getting you guys a whole bunch of coverage and stuff. And I'm sure we will bump into Steven there. I'd much rather hang out with Steven than waste my money on slots again. <laughs> <laughs> oh, no. Technically, there's nowhere to run with with the slot machine at Mohegan Sun. So you kind of you got to right. probably run into the same thing. So there's slots as far as the eye can see. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so uh, I'm not even going to talk about me. I'm just existing in a state of perpetual tired. Um, I don't know. I had one of those days yesterday where you can't sleep. I came home from work. I'm like, all right, I got to go to bed, and I got to do this. I had all this stuff. I had all planned out. I got to do this. I got to do that. I got to do this, that, 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 and then I get in bed, then I sleep for eight hours, and I get up, and I go to work. I didn't fall asleep at all until like four hours before I had to leave. It was awful. It was awful. It was awful. But here we are, ready to rock and roll. Mm-hmm. So, um, Mark Ellis, why don't you tell the listeners out there where they can find more So Wizard Podcast? All right. So everybody can go to SoWizardPodcast.com where you will find new episodes every week. Uh, you'll find movie reviews from yours truly. Uh, you also find Netflix picks and Amazon streaming picks from our buddy Adam Wallyhawk. Uh, you also find our merchandise there so you can purchase some of our T-shirts. Uh, look good while you're representing the show. Uh, another great way to support our show is by doing your Amazon shopping through the link that we keep right on the website. Uh, click on that big A and do your shopping, receive your products, and you'll also be helping out our little show here. Uh, you can also find our social media links there. We have Facebook, we have Twitter, we have Instagram. You can subscribe to us on Apple Podcasts and give us a five-star review while you're there. Uh, you can also find us on a Stitcher Radio app for your tablet or smartphone, Podbean, Google Play Music. And you can also stream us through Spotify. Uh, you can also find our show along with some other fantastic podcasts on the nerdpodcastmafia.com website. Back to you, Joey. You are you are you are weird alien. You'll be terrible human in my world. <laughs> I love it. All right, Mark Ellis. Now, last week we were clawing and scratching for anything to talk about in our news section. This week we might almost have too much stuff to talk about in the news. So, tell us what have you brought for us today? Yo, pump it up! It's time for the news. All right, so this week in nerdy news, uh, we have a couple of things uh, spreading around different different uh, genres. So let's start with uh, let's start with movies. Uh, it looks like after much protesting, after much begging and pleading, mainly from me, uh, Billy D. Williams is coming back to the Star Wars universe as Lando Calrissian. Uh, it was confirmed that he will be returning for Episode Nine. Uh, he's the last legacy character um, around right now that can actually be in the movie so I, I think it's about time I'm so glad that they're actually going to do this thank you J.J. Abrams what do you think of Lando coming back to the Star Wars universe let's start with our guest Steven well if he brings Colt 45 with him on the <laughs> on the episode 9 then I'm good 
That's all you want is like Lando chilling with a Colt 45. Hello, what have we here? Yep. <laughs> yep. I mean, I'm excited for him to be at, back in episode nine, but they need to do some serious um, sucking up to us Star Wars fans to get us back in the groove after the last one. Mm, fair point. Fair point. Joey, what about you, man? Scared, Mark. I'm what? very scared. What? Well, what's happened to every single legacy character they brought back, Mark? <laughs> Chewbacca's still there. Um, it's technically not a legacy character. Mm, but yeah, all right. Yeah, I'm just worried they're going to kill him. <laughs> Please don't. <laughs> they're not going to kill him. I don't think. I think. People are speculating that he's going to show up and tell them there's still a way to save Han Solo. <laughs> <laughs> I just won his time machine in a, uh, in a game. We can travel back That's and save right. Han. Crazy game of Sabacc. <laughs> <laughs> Uh, yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I was, I'm really happy that he's coming back, especially after, um, last Rhode Island comic con. Was that this year, this past year when he was there? Uh, yeah, yeah, I think so. Or was it two years ago? I don't know. When you get old, it all seems to run into <laughs> one long day, but he seemed, uh, like he was really interested in returning and somewhat hurt a little bit. He hadn't been asked. So, yep. It's good to see him back. Please don't kill him off. Um, and please, maybe he could like, like Rose Tico could be standing on a landing pad, like talking about how we have to save love. And then he could accidentally just land his ship on top of her. Oh my God. <laughs> killing her within the first like three seconds of the movie. Boo. <laughs> Boo this man. <laughs> that's how, that's how we're going to win Mark <laughs> by squishing Rose. <laughs> You leave Rose alone. Damn it. <laughs> leave her alone. Uh, I personally, I think he, he's going to be brought in um, to give like a eulogy for Leah's funeral. That's my assumption. Because that would make sense to kind of tie it all together using him. But, you know, what do I know? I could be wrong. I'm just like that he's coming back. It's like the ability has a job. If they did a eulogy for Han, he wasn't brought in for that. That was off camera. Yeah, right. yeah. Supposedly they, they did do something. It was in a books. I think they did some kind of funeral for him or something. <laughs> yeah, no, right. Who reads book? Star Wars books? Come on, I don't read it's that. Time for that. <laughs> I think this is ten years ago. <laughs> <laughs> right when we didn't have Star Wars movies, as opposed to now, where we get one every six months. You know those fucking <laughs> books I read? <laughs> some of them were terrible. <laughs> Steven, did you ever read any of those expanded universe novels? The only one I read was. Uh, Shadows of the Empire, and I'm still waiting for Disney to make it. They can digitize Carrie Fisher in Rogue One, and they can digitize Mark Hamill. If they can do that, then they can make Shadows of the Empire. They don't need Harrison Ford. Oh, is that the one with Dash Rindar? I was say, who's going to play Dash <laughs> yes. Rindar? Chris Pratt. Chris Pratt? Yeah, that's all. <laughs> that makes sense. And the voice of Jerry Mathers as Prince Shizor. <laughs> <laughs> Is he still alive? I don't think so. Oh, uh, I don't know. I don't. Yeah, I don't think so. That was a really deep cut for some of our listeners. <laughs> <laughs> all right, all right. So, all right, moving on from that. All right. So, um, in other big movie news, uh, it looks like Black Widow has a director. Her name is Kate Shortland. She hasn't done much, but she did a a drama called Lore, which um, I never heard of. But it's cool that they are. A, moving forward with this movie, and B, has hired a, a woman to direct it. Uh, I'm, this makes me excited for Black Widow, that, that Marvel has this kind of confidence in pushing this forward. 
I'm not on a hype train yet, but I'm getting there. Joey, what do you think? Um, I'm super excited for a Black Widow movie. Yep. I'm not excited for a prequel. I'm just not feeling prequels about anything. Maybe that's just, you know, Star Wars prequels poisoning the well and, and the Hobbit trilogy and just about every other prequel <laughs> that's ever been made. Um, so I'm not, I'm not excited about it being a prequel. So that, that kind of scares me. But yeah, I, I'm excited. I, I don't know anything about this director. So uh, have you ever seen that movie, Mark? No, no. I just heard of it when I uh, read up for this this uh, article. Oh, man, we're, we're screwed because I looked <laughs> at it on uh, IMDb and it looked like something you or the So Wizard senior political correspondent Amanda would be really into. It did not look like something for me in any way, shape, or form. Gotcha. But, you know, I, I if somebody said to me, hey, we're going to hire these guys at direct community episodes, I would have been like, what are you doing? And then they <laughs> turned out like some of the fucking best superhero movies of all time. So uh, maybe my judgment is is suspect, but. Mm-hmm. All right. Now, Stephen, what about you, man? Are you psyched for a Black Widow movie to come along? And do you want it to be a prequel or would you rather it be something that takes place like in modern times? I briefly read about this um, situation, but. I'm on the fence on whether it being a prequel or continue with the um, current MCU timeline at this moment. Mm-hmm. I'm 95% on the fact that it should be a prequel and the other 5%, you know, currently of the timeline. But as always, Marvel always has something up their sleeve. They always plan these things ahead of time. So maybe they're going to probably do it as a prequel. Maybe not. But we don't know what's going on with all these other movies. They always plan these things ten years ahead. So, but I'm not sure. I, I, I'm I'm excited for it either way. Yeah, I'm thinking she might fall into a time vortex, um, and that way we'll get our <laughs> prequel, but we'll also get uh, current day uh, Scarlett Johansson. That's what I'm thinking. As long as we get Scarlett Johansson in tight leather, I mean, it's really hard for me to not want to be in the theater seeing this movie. So. <laughs> right. All right, so then in uh, other movie news, um, I don't know how excited anyone's really going to be about this, but we are getting a sequel to RoboCop. Now, hold on. I know what you're thinking. There's already been two sequels to RoboCop. And wait, a minute, wait, there were two sequels to RoboCop. There was an animated series. Yep. There was two direct-to-TV oh, movies and a TV series. Yes, and, an, and, and another three. reboot. Oh, that's right. There was, I forgot the reboot. <laughs> And three video games. Right, right. right so, but I love that first video game. He'd be like, drop it. <laughs> <laughs> Sorry, go ahead. I remember that video game. Holy shit. Yeah, so despite all of that, we are getting a sequel to RoboCop, the first RoboCop. This is called RoboCop Returns. It's based on a script by the original writers of RoboCop. Uh, they wrote a script for part two, and the studio did not go for that at all. Uh, so that script wound up just sitting on a shelf somewhere, but right now it's going to be rewritten by the guy who's working on a new Terminator movie, and it's going to be directed by Flash in a Pan director Neil Blomkamp. Uh, he did District 9, which is amazing. Uh, he did Elysium with Matt Damon, which was okay. Looks nice. <laughs> and then he did Chappie, which was an assault on my eyeballs. Um, <laughs> but... And he's been threatening to do a alien movie that takes place after the second movie too, you know, throwing away the other sequels. So he, this guy clearly has a hard on for making a sequel uh, to a movie that already has sequels. But he's going to be doing RoboCop Returns. 
what do you think about Neil Blomkamp doing another RoboCop movie? And do we really want one? Uh, let's start with our guest, Steven. As much as I love RoboCop, I am excited for this. But the fact, I'm going to say this right now, if they have Peter Weller do it and not Robert John Burke or uh, who was the guy who played it in the in the reboot uh, in 2015? I can't remember his name. Some guy. He played. Yeah, he was the he was the the guy that rounded up the Suicide Squad and Suicide Squad. I can't remember his yeah, name, but like he Kinnaman. was seriously. That's that was him. Kinnaman or something. Yeah, yeah, Joel Kinnaman. If it's not either Robert John Burke or Joel Kinnaman, if it's Peter Weller, then I'm in. But as for Neil Blomkamp and his way of making a sequel that retcons all the others, you know, I'm all for it. Um, as long as you don't, as long as too many cooks don't spoil the broth. I mean, I'm a person that's against horror remakes, mm-hmm. but I've been saying that since 2012. And if you've seen my movie reviews, I preach it to the choir so many times. But I'm looking forward to it, but I have my own biased opinions on movie remakes but it's not going to be a remake hopefully not yeah i think they're definitely going to aim to just completely redo completely uh shoot the other movies joey what about you man oh boy um how bad was is this script that they decided to make robocop 2 instead of (laughs) using it no it probably wasn't bad at all i think it was just like way ahead of its time Oh, right, right. It was ahead of its time. I right. Forgot. I mean, it's RoboCop. <laughs> right, right. It's, it's a satire. So, you know, the shit that they were thinking of 25 years ago probably is really re- really relevant at this point. Right, right. Um, I don't know. The, the original RoboCop is a fucking classic, but I think it's it's almost in that... Uh, it, it, almost in... It's in that same vein of Alien and uh, Predator. Well, not the... I've liked the, some of the Predator sequels. Not the Alien versus Predator ones, but Predator... Two and Predators, I liked, mm-hmm. but you know, the, these or even Terminator, you know, the these classic franchises that are living off of one or two movies, <laughs> but they also have twenty seven movies in the franchise, right? <laughs> so it's just like like Alien, like I, I don't care, I don't want another Alien movie. Like how sad is that? <laughs> like, <laughs> Aliens is one of my top ten movies of all time. I don't want another sequel. I'm all set. Mm-hmm. I, don't, I don't even read Aliens comic books anymore. Like I just I'm all done. It's done. <laughs> do you guys know? Do you guys know who wrote uh, RoboCop Two? Frank Miller. Yeah, the director of the Spirit. <laughs> he also, you, you know, who directed RoboCop Two? Fred Decker. No, wait, I'm sorry, Irvin Kershner. Uh, that was Irvin Kershner. Irvin Kershner, the director, director of, of Empire, Empire Strikes Back. Right? How? Like, how do you? How does that go wrong? Uh, I don't know. <laughs> And RoboCop three was the <laughs> RoboCop three was written by Frank Miller and directed by Fred Decker, the director of the Monster Squad. Right. So basically, I just it was, I feel like the first one was just lightning in a bottle. Yep. I'm gonna go see this. Obviously, I love the character and the concept. You know, I do like uh, Neil Blomkamp, I, I, at least visually. I mean, Chappie was crappy. I mean, we've already established that. And Elysium <laughs> was not very good. Mm-hmm. But they still looked great. <laughs> they yeah. had a great aesthetic. So does, so, all, think, so does all four Transformers movies. They look beautiful. No, they don't. Yeah, no, they, they do. Don't. No, 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 no. They look like I'm having a seizure. <laughs> <laughs> and Mark Wahlberg. It's like, we found a Transformer. <laughs> and then for some reason, we're talking about the statutory rape laws of Texas. <laughs> but um, I lost my train of thought. I'm sorry. <laughs> 
Mark got me all worked up about Transformers statutory raping people. Um, uh, so the the movie look his movies look good. He's only yeah, made it's one gonna good look one. Good. I think it's gonna look fucking fantastic, and especially at a lower budget, like he's gonna squeeze every dime out of that budget for it to look great. Whether it's actually a good movie, I don't know. We'll see. But hopefully, they keep the budget low. You know, lower budget, mid range budget. So it's not like, please don't spend $300 million on this movie. <laughs> please do not. You know, we don't need another Blade Runner 2049, um, which I didn't like, but they spent a fuck ton of mo- money on that. Yep, <laughs> and did. at some point, somebody had to sit down and watch these dailies and be like, we're not making a fucking dime back on this. Thing. <laughs> 25% of that would probably went to Harrison Ford. Right. Probably to bring him back into it. Hell yeah. He probably watched it and was like, it sucks. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So then in uh, in other sequels that I'm not really sure we asked for, the Zombieland sequel is moving ahead uh, with all four original cast members. Uh, first, they've been trying to get the sequel to this movie made for so long, and it kept falling apart. I remember there being a, a Amazon TV show that they tried to get off the ground, too. Uh, they did the pilot, and that bombed. Uh, so despite the fact that every chance that they've had to bring back Zombieland has failed, somehow they're still taking a crack at it. And this time it looks like it's actually going to happen. Uh, I liked Zombieland. I wasn't really pumped for a sequel. I thought I thought it was good just as it is. Um, so I'm not really sure how I feel about this. I guess I have to look at a trailer to see. But Joey, what about you, man? How do you feel about a Zombieland sequel coming uh, so long after the first one? Well, I love the first one. So, I don't know. If they've got the whole band back together, I'm excited. Well, I'm as excited as I can be 10 years later. Right. Yeah, I mean, let's do it. Yeah, Emma Stone, <laughs> fuck yeah. Is she playing an Asian woman in this? <laughs> no, she's playing Hawaiian. Let's get it right. <laughs> well, he's, she's not playing a transgendered man. So, that's going to be the Black Widow movie. That's right. <laughs> Oh, now she's playing someone that's oh, 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 she's playing someone's black. <laughs> <laughs> someone stop Scarlett Johansson! Stop her immediately! But no, I'm pumped. I am ex- interested to hear what Steven has to say about it because I know you're a big horror man. Um, well, I'm a huge fan of the Zombieland franchise. Well, franchise meaning one movie, right? right. But I am excited for it. The first one, as zombie movies are like. Night of the Living Dead, Dawn of the Dead, Day of the Dead. The Romero films, you know, they're great. This one literally made fun of the zombie genre. And making a sequel to this is going to be great. So I'm excited for this. Yeah, well, it does have the original creators of it, the original writers. Uh, and like Joey said, the original team is back together. So the ingredients are there. But you know, the ingredients were there for RoboCop 2 and 3. So we'll see. Yeah. Yeah, <laughs> I, I didn't see if the director, the original director, Ruben Fleischer, was attached. Yeah, I didn't see that either. I would assume since he's like knee deep in uh, Venom right now, he's probably probably doesn't have time to come back to this one. They'll probably give hand the reins off to somebody else. Mark that or is, uh, Steven, did you guys was that um, Amazon pilot? Did was that ever aired? Did you guys ever watch that? Um, I didn't watch it. I don't think I had Amazon Prime at the time when they were putting it out. Which Amazon pilot are we talking about? The Zombieland one. They did a Zombieland. They were going to do a Zombieland TV show, and they did a pilot for it. The same uh, creators. I didn't get to see it. Joey, what about you? Did you Did you watch it, Joey? 
No, I can't imagine it's too good if it didn't make it to series. So, exactly. <laughs> In the golden age of streaming content, they just they looked at one episode and said, "No thanks." It, it must have been horrendous. Right, and it's the same guys, the same creators. That's the thing that that it's not like someone else is doing it. It was the people who created it, and even they yeah, but they didn't have the around. cast. No, oh, well, yeah. All right, so uh, so. Sp- <laughs> Speaking of sequels that maybe we didn't really want, but we're going to get anyway, Joey's one of Joey's favorite franchises, Alien, is coming back. <laughs> uh, Alien 3 is returning, but not as a movie, not on a big screen. They're going to take William Gibson's original Alien 3 script and turn it into a comic book, which I personally think is an amazing idea when there's these amazing scripts that are out there that either the money or the actors or the studios just can't get behind to make. Putting it in a comic book form is on a, a fantastic backup plan for these scripts. So I'm psyched for it. I like Alien 3, but I'm definitely interested to see what William Gibson's version of Alien 3 was. Joey, how do you feel about William Gibson's getting, getting his shot at Alien 3? Oh, one of my favorite authors of all time. And I've heard that his script is very Hicks-focused and uh, Colonial Marines-focused yeah. and very depressing. So... <laughs> I, I'm all in. I'm all in. <laughs> I'm going to make sure I head down to our local comic book store, Comics mm, Apostrophe More, and uh, order a copy immediately. Now that I just you know ranted about how I don't read Aliens comics <laughs> five minutes ago. <laughs> no, I love William Gibson's work. Um, Neuromancer is one of my favorite books of all time. Um, and uh, Mona Lisa Overdrive is really good, too. But uh, I'm super excited. Uh, I'd like to see them go on and then do the Wood Planet uh, script as a comic, too, so we can see all this stuff. Why not? You know, it can't be worse than what we got, right? I like what we got. I don't love it, it but I like terrible. it. <laughs> it was terrible. <laughs> all right, so, Stephen, how about you, man? How do you feel about um, us getting a sequel to Aliens uh, but in comic book form and a previously unproduced script. I'm all for it. I do want to make a little side note that they're doing a little children's storybook on Jonesy the Cat. I'm looking <laughs> forward to that, too. Um, the, the damn cat. That cat caused more fucking heart palpitations than anyone else on that fucking ship. Yeah, but it's in the cat's point of view. The whole Alien movie is in the cat's point of view. I'm looking forward to that, but I'm also looking forward to this comic book. Alien 3, I agree with you, Joey. It's a good sequel, but I, I want to see how this original script is going to get put you know, into comic book forms. So I think it's going to be good. Yeah, Kevin Smith had some success adapting some of his old scripts into comic book form. So I'm hoping this is going to follow suit. Uh, I, I definitely will be picking it up too. Uh, the book does come out November 7th. So, uh, you know, if you guys are interested too, hit up your local comic book shop and pre-order it. I, I can't read scripts. Like I, I just, I'm not a person that can sit down and read a script, but it's out there. <laughs> if you, if you have any sort of power with the internet, you can read it. <laughs> Yeah, with any luck, maybe someone will actually make a comic book of Joss Whedon's original Alien 4 script, because that script is amazing. The movie itself, holy shit. You wanna, if you want to know how to, not make, how to make a film really shitty, how to read words on a script and then film it in the shittiest way possible, Alien Resurrection is a perfect example of that. But the script itself oh, is amazing. You're going to say Blood Rain. <laughs> <laughs> 
and then one last little quick bit of uh, movie news. Uh, it looks like the Joaquin Phoenix Joker movie did get the official green light. So it looks like uh, it's actually happening. I did not think this one was going to make it to the uh, to the starting block, but it looks like we're at, they're actually going to be doing it. Todd Phillips, director of The Hangover, uh, is directing it. Uh, Martin Scorsese very wisely backed away from it, so his name is nowhere to be found. <laughs> uh, but it's still moving ahead. Uh, let's quick hits, uh, Stephen. What do you think about this Joaquin Phoenix Joker '80s prequel movie coming to life? I'm not going to watch it. A quick, quick thing right now. I, I'm very much against DC in their movies. After Dark Knight Rises, I'm Ooh. very much against the universe. I like everything before Dark Knight Rises, the films. Mm-hmm. Um, Batman 1989, I cherish. First movie I saw on VHS, three years old. Loved it. Um, but, you know, Suicide Squad, Batman vs. Superman, Man of Steel. Uh, yeah, I, I did just give up DC. You're not going to compete with Marvel. All right. Well, I they're going to keep trying. <laughs> yeah. Eventually, they're going to get one right. Eventually. It's going to happen. Maybe this will be it. Maybe, you know, maybe this will be the one that turns it all around. Probably not. Uh, Joey, quick hits, dude. What do you think about this actually coming to fruition? Oh, it's going to be terrible. <laughs> Which means, like, it'll just somehow it'll be amazing. I don't know. I don't know. It's got to be a good script if uh, Joaquin Phoenix signed on, right? Right. There's got to be some sort of hook somewhere that that made him sign on, other than money. So, well, it's a dire- it's the director of the Hangover trilogy, so psh. Oh, right. <laughs> That's the first person I'm going to sign up when I want a dark psychological thriller of a murderous clown. <laughs> Maybe he'll grow a big beard and start rapping. <laughs> He's gonna do the soundtrack. That's why. It's like we couldn't, we couldn't, we, like. we can't get Prince to do the '80s Batman soundtrack. So let's get Joaquin Phoenix. <laughs> Joaquin Phoenix, Batman, <laughs> Bat Dance, 2019. Batman, 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 Batman. Oh god! <laughs> Where's fucking what's his name? Jaden Smith. Bum 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 bum. <laughs> If that doesn't represent the drop in quality of DC movies, I don't know what does. <laughs> All right, so uh, so then like really a uh, couple of really quick hits for TV news. Uh, they did start casting Why the Last Man, uh, Diane Lane, uh, who played Martha Kent. Why'd you say that name, Martha? Why'd you uh, say that name? <laughs> uh, and Barry Keegan, who um, I wasn't familiar with. He was in Dunkirk, but to tell you the truth, Dunkirk was such a wide-ranging movie he his performance didn't really stand out to me but yeah why the last man is actually moving forward uh in tv form joey we're getting close to it what do you think of this casting um it's pretty exciting stuff i'm surprised uh diane lane was going to be in it it seems uh like she's too good an actress to be in something on tv but she was in batman versus superman so right (laughs) (laughs) but uh i'm excited man i really hope they don't screw this up i really like that book so I was just telling my wife the other day, it's like, well, we might have something new for you to watch on TV. And she hasn't read it yet. So uh, I might start picking up the trades and see what she thinks. But I, I really like it a lot. So I'm excited. That's good. They they haven't pushed it forward for a series yet, but they're just going to do it. Oh, the they will. <laughs> and we're going to see how the pilot goes. Uh, Steven, are you a fan? Or are you familiar with Why the Last Man uh, comic book? Actually, this is the first time I've heard this news. Ah. Um, 
but I liked Diane Lane. But the guy from Dunkirk, I didn't know he was in that movie. Everything you guys are saying about this show, I'm going to check it out. I'm going to. Yeah, it's kind of like a. Well, Joey, what? Give like a quick, like, few second description of why The Last Man. So it's been a while since I read like those original there's, seven books. There's a, uh, yeah, a virus uh, attacks the population of Earth and uh, it kills like 99.9999999% of all men on the planet. Oh. So it's about why. Yorick is his name. Uh, he's one of the last men alive. <laughs> and there's all these different groups of women all over the planet, like gangs and, you know, different people and stuff trying to get him and use him for different reasons. And uh, it's just his adventure. It's mm-hmm. really fucking good. <laughs> <laughs> it's from Brian K. Vaughn wrote it. So if you read a saga or he wrote a lot of episodes of Lost, too. Mm-hmm. I'll writer. definitely check that out. Yeah, he's a really good writer, too. And then the last bit of TV news, my boy, the writer of Alien Resurrection, Joss Whedon, is coming back to TV with a new TV show called The Nevers. Um, I think I remember seeing it's going to be uh, Showtime. So it's going to have a little bit of... I thought it was HBO. Was it HBO? I thought it was Showtime. So Joss Whedon is coming back to uh, TV on HBO, which uh, uh, means that I can't see it right away because I don't have HBO. Um, but it does mean that there's going to be some money behind it. Uh, I'm psyched for Joss Whedon to get back into creating another universe and being fully involved in a TV show, despite Dollhouse. I'm excited for it. Joey, I know you've had your ups and downs with Joss Whedon. How do you feel about a new TV show by him? Um, I read the premise and nothing like jumped out at me and said I must watch this. So I'm all good unless I hear reviews from someone who's not you <laughs> that, that says it's amazing and I must watch it. So, Cause that's how I was at Westworld. Like I was like, I don't want to watch that Cowboys stupid. And then people kept raving about it. So I sat down and started watching it. So we'll see if it starts getting rave reviews, I'll check it out. But just on Joss Whedon's name alone, I'm, I'm, I'm good. Thanks. All right. Uh, Steven, are you a Joss Whedon fan? Uh, to some degree. I, I liked his, uh, work on alien resurrection um avengers obviously avengers 2 he could have done more but yeah i like joss whedon all right does this think you think this might be something you might you might want to check out let me just give you a quick description of it uh it's an epic science fiction drama about a gang of victorian women who find themselves with unusual abilities uh and there's yeah, all and there's I'll enemies enemies that are trying to destroy them to, and change the world how's that yeah going? i'll check it out yeah buddy are they going to be hot? It's Victorian times. How hot can you be? I don't know. <laughs> Have you watched like any Jane Austen movies? Or... No. <laughs> are we talking Pride and Prejudice hot? Yeah. Or are we talking uh, History of the World? Uh, oh. Um, um, it's good to be the king. Hot. Yeah. Nice pull. Yeah. I hope. Well, nah, I don't want to say anything. Uh, Knowing as Joss Whedon, most likely are going to be uh, uh, super... Uh, buttoned up because uh my man's okay. been he had some hot he's gotten into a little bit of hot water before so the fact that he's doing a tv show about a gang of women he's gonna he's gonna be he's gonna be he's gotta be careful that's all i'm saying <laughs> but yeah yeah i'm psyched about that all right so uh yeah that's all i got for the news 
Awesome. Thank you, Mark Ellis. So we're going to jump into a reaction review of the movie Skyscraper, starring Anna Nicole Smith. <laughs> and You watched the wrong one, Joey. It's not that Oh, <laughs> no. I did, didn't I? I wondered why I was on YouTube. Um, starring The Rock, Dwayne Johnson. And uh, we all had a chance to see it. We're going to give some non-spoiler impressions, and then we'll jump headfirst into spoilers, spoiling the movie for you and letting you know what we think. Um, let's get started with just your general impression of the movie. Steven, what did you think of this movie? Well, I didn't enjoy it. Oh, no. Surprise, surprise. Um, but I, I'm i a huge fan of The Tower and Inferno, and I'm a huge fan of Die Hard. And they just, you put those two together, and that's this movie. And I said that in my review, and it's, I said, I'll say this, I said it in my mobile movie review, it's a heaping pile of Brahma bullshit. <laughs> wow. All right. Uh, Mark Ellis, what about you? Uh, yeah, this movie, I really wanted to give it the, the benefit of the doubt um, because of the Rocky. You know, he's a, he's a decent actor and he can bring it when he needs to. The movie is a pure popcorn uh, summer adventure movie. It's not reinventing the wheel. It's not going to stick with you more than two hours after you watch it. But during the movie itself... For the first half of it, it's very entertaining. The second half of it, it gets batshit crazy. And whether you're down for it or not, that depends on you. But uh, I thought it was entertaining enough, just barely, to see on the th- to see on the big screen. All right. Yeah, I mean, I thought it was okay. <laughs> <laughs> yeah. That's a, it's not a ringing endorsement, but I thought it was okay. Uh, it reminded me a lot of something I would have rented at, like, the video store on a lazy Sunday when I was like 12, <laughs> you know, like all those zillion bad direct to video action movies I've watched in my life. Like it would have been like that, you know, this was like the perfect weapon or <laughs> like 8,000 John claude Van Damme movies, you know, like the, but not, it didn't have that good a charm to it, but you know, it was fine. It was fine. I don't know. I mean, that is, it's, it just was, it was fine, but I, I'm, like Mark said, I am I practically forgotten half the movie after I saw it. Like mm-hmm. it reminded me a lot of Tomb Raider from earlier this year. Oh, like, yeah, yeah, it's just it was there and it was fine, but I'm not like raving about it, and I can barely remember anything about Tomb Raider right now, other than Tomb Raider was hot. <laughs> well, I had a long drive home after I saw it, and I got to see it. Early. I got to see it early, and I completely immediately forgot about it after I did my review and I was on my way home. I had like an hour and a half drive home and I was like, why did I drive all the way out to the boonies to see this film? (laughs) I forgot about it. The rock like popped up in your car with one of those men in black (laughs) (laughs) things that hit you with it. (laughs) Awesome. So anybody have anything non-spoiler that they want to say about the movie before we jump into spoilers? Um, I don't know if the movie is in 3D, but if you are interested to go see it, um, you if you want to plunk your money down, you might as well do it in 3D because some of the uh, some of the visuals from it are, I would imagine, would be very very striking in 3D. Kind of wish I had seen it that way. Um, if you have a fear of heights, there's a couple moments where you might want to look um, at your feet. <laughs> right, <laughs> I had to, so. I'm just going to leave it at that. There are two <laughs> scenes where you might want to look at your feet on the theater floor. I will uh, just throw out there that Nev Campbell can still get it. Uh, yep. Nah. What? She's all right, I guess. 
<laughs> well, she's no Ava Green, but I mean, <laughs> all my Scream one, two, and three fantasies were coming true. Oh you know? Jesus! No Scream four though. Uh, all right, so Mark's going to play a spoiler sound drop, and then we're going to jump into spoiler discussion of Skyscraper. One clear spoiler. Here's a spoiler. You will die alone. My family is trapped 240 floors in the air. So what's the plan? Whatever it takes. We got this. All right, Mark, help us ruin Skyscraper. (laughs) All right, so the movie starts off with uh, The Rock and Nev Campbell and their kids already living in uh, this huge, humongous, quote-unquote, skyscraper building that's called the pearl uh the rock plays a a, oh wait i'm sorry that's not how the movie starts the movie starts with a hostage standoff between the rock uh being a was he like cia fbi fbi yeah he was some sort of nondescript federal officer right uh fbi hostage rescue worker who uh was trying to stop a guy who who was hold hold up in a house with his family uh, the negotiations were falling apart. The team moves in. The Rock makes a call, and it's uh, kind of the wrong call. An explosion goes off, and he loses part of his leg. Other members of his team die, and uh, a few of them survive, but they're badly injured. So flash forward to about 10 years later. Uh, he's working as a security consultant on this large skyscraper building in Hong Kong, and uh, it has a prosthetic leg. Uh, which does kind of feature a little bit into the movie. And he's designed, he's there to just figure out the security, uh, make sure everything's running fine. Um, but he's also being set up by uh, someone within a team because they're trying to take over that building. Uh, it did take a little while for me to get into the story because I was wondering like where it was going to start to, where the suspense was going to come in. But what did you guys think of like the beginning of the story of getting it set up to the point where he's involved in this conspiracy. Let's start with uh, Steven. I like the way I like, like the way it got set up. Yeah. You didn't think it took too long, but yeah, but going back to what I was saying earlier, you make, makes you wonder how, when you make, they make the film, how they raise the stakes for the rock, you know, the buildings on fire. Oh wait, that's towering inferno. Mm-hmm. People are taken hostage. Oh, wait, that's Die Hard. So how do they raise the stakes? They give The Rock a prosthetic leg in the beginning of the film. So that's how they raise the stakes. They, everything else is just copied and pasted into other films from other films. Mm-hmm. I mean, it's everything else is just copy and pasted. Now, Joey, what about you? What did you think of the whole setup for the beginning of this movie? Um, it was all right, but I was starting to get a uh, when are they going to get to the fireworks factory? Right feeling from it at some points. Um, I did like him having a prosthetic leg that kind of, though I will say it was funny. The very first shot of him when he's sitting down, I was like, Jesus Christ. I thought it was like a giant picture of his schlong. <laughs> Jesus. <laughs> and I was like, what? Is, why? No. <laughs> and it was like, Oh, okay. Thank God. I didn't know what kind of movie I'd walked into there for a second, but yeah, I, 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 I was fine. You know, it was building up to stuff. So, but you know, I kind of wish there had been a little more action to start, but you know, 
Mm-hmm. It's just always funny when they try to put the rock in like a normal person role. So it's like, <laughs> hello, I am the rock and I am the hostage negotiator. He also looks like he spends seven hours a day in the gym. <laughs> <laughs> right. Now, did you guys see the twist coming of his best friend being the one who set him up in the first place? Because I don't know. Did, I don't know if they telegraphed it like right off the bat, but I knew immediately he was the guy that was going to be responsible for the shit going down. Um, did you guys see that coming, Stephen? I kind of saw that coming a mile away. I think they might have telegraphed that a little bit too soon. Joey, what about you? He was a little shifty looking, so <laughs> it was definitely uh, it was definitely not a uh, subtle subtle nuance. So. The bad guys start to take over the building. They set the the ninety sixth floor on fire, uh, not knowing that his fam- not knowing that the Rock's family, who was supposed to be away from the building, winds up back um, into their apartment above the ninety sixth floor. Why was his family the only family living there? Was that just temp? I'm trying to remember the movie. Was that temporary? They were or? um the everything below the ninety sixth floor was approved to be. It was close. The whole building was close to being opened. Everything 96th floor and below was approved. Um, everything above the 96th floor was not approved. Um, after the whole um, 96th floor and above were approved, the building could be opened. Yeah. Was uh, was his family living there permanently, though, or were they just temporarily living there? See, I thought they were just temporarily living there because the place is... Because I think they were there for only like six months or so, but I thought that I yeah. just assumed that they were going to be moving back to wherever they're from. I didn't think they were going to be living there forever. So the bad guys show up, they set the building, they set the 96th floor on fire. Uh, the Rock's family is trapped above that. Uh, the Rock gets beaten up, <laughs> gets into a fight with his best friend, and uh, somehow magically is able to thwart being captured by the police by jumping on a motorcycle and driving away. I don't know how bad the police is in Hong Kong, but you would think they should be able to stop a guy that big. Running away on a prosthetic leg. You'd think someone would be able to stop him. But no, he gets away. Uh, and then this is the part of the movie where I'm like, oh, is that type of movie. Let me just turn my brain off and uh, mm-hmm. try to enjoy it. So what did you get? All right, so he gets on a motorcycle, rides back to the building, has to find a way to get inside of the building. Um, it's quarantined off. It's on fire. But he wants to get inside of there. What did you guys think of The Rock climbing up the, uh, God, the crane thing? Super crane. The super crane to get inside of the building, all 100 and something floors. Uh, Steven. <laughs> this was the part where I looked down on the ground because there are parts where the camera was looking from the super crane down to Hong Kong below. Mm-hmm. That was the part, those were the parts where I was looking down on the theater floor because I couldn't, I have a fear of heights. And I couldn't, I couldn't do it. <laughs> um, but that, that part blew my mind. Surprisingly, even though I gave I butchered the shit out of this film, I I liked that part of the film. But that was an ingenious part of getting into the building. I'll admit it. <laughs> Spider Maning his way up the entire crane and then running across yeah. to dive into the building. Oh my god. The Rock has some serious upper body strength, man. That's all I got to say. Uh Joey, what about you, man? How are you at this part of the film? Are you still on board? Yeah, I mean, it was fine. I, I, You know, going back to his prosthetic leg, I did like at the very beginning of the movie when that guy tried to steal his bag or the guy stole his bag that they thought the iPad was in. Yep. And he didn't run after him because in any other action movie, he's running after him, diving over stuff, rolling around on the ground. 
but because he has a prosthetic leg, he just kind of sat down and was like, oh, okay, sorry. Right. So I, I kind of enjoyed that. But then we get to the end of the movie and he's now climbing a 193 story <laughs> tall crane. <laughs> right. So, you know, the fact that there is going to be any nuances to him uh, being disabled were not <laughs> happening after a while. But uh, it, it was fine. I mean, the, 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 it's almost felt like a lot of the things this movie was like they were like, OK, we're going to have a big building and we're going to have the rock climb a crane. Let's make the movie around this idea of a scene. It's really cool. A lot of the stuff leading up to it was ridiculous. <laughs> yeah. Like he's surrounded by the cops. They surround him outside. They all have their guns pointed to him, but yet he somehow manages to get away. I don't know how that happens. Well, the movie would be over at that point. <laughs> <laughs> but that's the, the most the most ingenious way of him to do it is like uh, punch a, a police officer and then run. And that's it. Mm-hmm. He, that's how he gets away. He The guy's like eight feet tall running through like the streets of Hong Kong and nobody can stop him. It's like Godzilla. So he manages to work his way back into the building by climbing a super crane, jumping off the super crane, landing just on the edge of the building. At this point, everyone's watching. The news cameras are following him. What's going on? Uh, the news helicopters can't fly too close to the building because of the heat. Uh, but The Rock manages to make his way back into the building and find his family who are having their own struggles trying to get uh, away from the fire, uh, which is slowly climbing up the building. What did you guys think of the the family's storyline of them being trapped in the fire? I thought it was actually really suspenseful. That part kind of really sucked me in as her is the mom trying to save the two kids. Um, I thought it was really cool. Steven, what did you think of that storyline? Personally, I was distracted by Nev Campbell. <laughs> I don't get that at all. Well, that's, that's understandable. <laughs> I, if the, don't get me wrong. Nev Campbell in Scream blew my mind as a horror fan, but I didn't realize it was her until the credits, but she was total distraction. <laughs> <laughs> All right, Ari Joy, what about you, man? How did you feel about this story, the family storyline of them, them being in danger? It was fine. Um, it's like a lot of things. Yeah, it was fine. Um, you knew that she was going to get some kind of hero moment at some point in the movie once they kept emphasizing that she was a military uh, person as mm-hmm. well. Yep. So you knew she was getting to, to do something at some point. She wasn't just going to be like, help, help. But um, and there's no way we're going to watch a movie where like two little kids like burn to death. (laughs) Like the suspense is not like super there. But, you know, it was good. It was interesting. It was different. It was different. I guess, you know, a lot of a lot of this at the end was different. So that was fine. Mm -hmm. Yeah. No, no problems. Again, it was fine. It was fine. (laughs) So what did you guys think of the bad guys? We have like the cool Asian girl with the 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 off center haircut. Looks like she just stepped out of a Pixar villain role uh who doesn't talk that much but who kills everyone um and her her minions what'd you guys think of them uh joey uh what do you think i thought of the asian girl with the haircut <laughs> uh i think you uh probably well, she's no nev campbell but i'm, I'm sure you liked her oh yeah she, she was great <laughs> she's no ruby rose but you know <laughs> <laughs> all right steven what about you what did you think of all of the, the quote-unquote bad guys of the movie to my opinion there were Rinse and repeat, copy and pasted, diehardish. Mm-hmm. They're too invincible. Yeah, I was not. I I I just couldn't wrap my brain around why they were interesting at all. They all just seem so generic. It's like super generic. Yeah, it's like they were repeating from a classic film. Diehard, right out of, <laughs> right out of central <laughs> casting for bad guys. Yeah. yeah. <laughs> 
You have the foreign accent villain. You have the technical guy, girl. Um, you have the f- um, inside person. You have there's like I don't know, almost twelve of them. Yeah, there's. <laughs> it was a copy and paste version of Twelve Terrorists taking a building hostage. Mm-hmm. Die Hard. Yep. So. The Rock is eventually put in a position where, seeing how he does know the scope of the building, uh, one of his kids is taken hostage by the terrorists, and The Rock is told uh, that he, in order for he he has like a little bit of time to go and find the designer of the building, who has a flash drive that contains the names and contacts of all of the bad guys around the world that this one bad guy works for. Is is that the knocklist? Yeah, exactly. <laughs> it's like the it's like Mission Impossible, but for bad guys. So it, the the whole point, the whole reason why this building is on fire right now is so that this bad guy can get his hand on this flash drive that looks like a toy, like a red, I don't know, Robotech toy or something, because it, it it contains all of the information to a bunch of bad guys around the world. Um, the designer of the building has locked himself into a panic room. Um, and the rock has to figure out a way to get into the panic room, get the flash drive and return it to the bad guys on top of the building, or they're going to throw the rock's daughter off of the building. So now the rock has a mission. Should he choose to accept it? <laughs> right. I just, I, as I'm saying this, I'm like, holy shit, this is all of a sudden mission impossible. So he uses yeah. duct tape to put around his hands so that he can stick to the side of the building and work his way to a revolving fan that he has to go through in order to disable the panic room. This scene, I'm, I'm not going to lie, vertigo-inducing. There was a couple of times where I was like, Jesus, that's crazy. Um, I did kind of like that scene. I thought it was a little bit crazy, but I thought it was kind of ridiculous and fun, too. Um, what did you guys think of that scene? Steven? Again, brings back Die Hard. She's <laughs> um, giving him a situation where he has to do this or else. But the whole getting out of the building and into the you know turbine thing. Yep. Mission Impossible Ghost Protocol, anyone? <laughs> yeah, seriously. Yeah. But it, it just lets but, you know uh, that duct tape, you can use duct tape for anything. Right. And luckily you found But um, I know you're probably going to get, I, when you get to talking about the finale of the film, I have something to say about it. <laughs> All right. So, Joey, are you still on board at this point of uh, The Rock hanging off the side of a building using only duct tape and his his uh, toes, one of them of which is uh, <laughs> one of them of which isn't really attached to his leg? No, yeah, yeah. I mean, again, it's it's fine. That's <laughs> cool. It's a cool stunt. You know, it's a cool visual. It's a cool stunt. I mean, the movie, if the movie was better, I would care yeah. more about what was happening beyond. Oh, that that looks cool. Yeah, yeah. I wish I cared more than just being like, that's cool. Right. right. You know, that's just, and that's going to be a lot of the things as we get more and more to the end. Like the movie gets more frantic and more crazy. It, and it's, it's great. You know, I love, I like these stunts. I like these scenes, but I don't really give a shit <laughs> why they're happening, which is the problem, <laughs> you know? Um, so, you know, that's, that's kind of here nor there, but I mean, it was pretty ridiculous, but at the same time you knew that was kind of like Chekhov's gun. Like you knew something was going to happen with that prosthetic leg. <laughs> Right. <laughs> so, there's no way they gave him again, going back to, you know, writing to the the ideas they probably had for these these scenes instead of writing the movie. Like they said, oh, well, what if 
he's hanging off the building, but he has a prosthetic leg. And then they went back and wrote the movie to have him have a prosthetic leg. Not there was no reason for it other than this scene. Like this scene is why he has a prosthetic <laughs> leg. Like, right. To give people that nail biting intense scene that they wouldn't have gotten any other way um, from this type of character. You're absolutely right. Uh, so we do get to the big finale. He's able to get in touch with the designer of the building and they form a plan to get onto the roof uh, and uh, give the bad guys a hard time and possibly rescue the rock's uh, daughter. And this all takes place in uh, the sphere of the building, which has, uh, which they just established earlier has a way of reflecting the outside of it. So it appears that there's no walls, no floor. It looks like you're floating pretty much. Um, even though there is a floor, it's just the way that it is designed. So the big battle takes place inside of this room where it's almost like a funhouse mirror. Mirrors all over the place because there's different cameras reflecting different images. So you don't really know where the bad guys are. You don't really know where the, the daughter is. You don't really know where the heroes are. And it just makes a really kind of dark and confusing fight scene, which is unlike anything I've seen before, but... I couldn't follow what the hell was going on. It was so fucking confusing. A fight inside of a hall of mirrors. It, it, I don't know. It didn't really work for me. Steven, what did you think of this big finale scene? Um, well, it ripped off three different movies. <laughs> okay. And I it ripped up. I, I think huh? John wick would probably be one of them. Is that right? Nope. Nope. Damn. Well, John, th- actually the Funhouse mirrors ripped off John wick and entered the dragon. Oh yeah! Oh, that's classic. Yeah, yeah. The guy falling. The, the we're in spoilers, so um, the bad guy falling out of the down to the ground below with the grenade. Obviously, die hard. Yep. And the rock glitching, saying, "I'm right behind you," and he was glitching. That was total recall. Oh yeah, yeah. I did not even catch that at all. At that point, I was like I said, my brain was turned off. I'm just like just. Yeah, just throw me. <laughs> My brain was already turned off, and that it was like in the beginning of the film. I was like, "What the hell am I watching?" Right. So the Rock uses the uh, mirrors to confront the bad guy who has his daughter, and winds up actually being behind the bad guy, and then he throws him off the roof with a with a grenade, kill, killing the yeah. bad guy, saving the drive, and somehow managed to find his daughter who was just like running around ramp as there's bad guys shooting all over the place. And she, instead of like hunkering down anywhere, just like runs through all of these mirrors screaming, dad, dad, dad. I'm surprised she made it out alive. So then as the so Joey, what did you think of a uh, quote unquote funhouse mirrors? I'm kind of in the same uh, boat as, uh, as Steven, you know, there's just, it felt like a, like a mishmash ripoff of like 15 different movies I've already seen. Mm-hmm. But I'm also in the same boat as you where at that point you're just like, I'm just going to fucking whatever you're doing. I'll just go with it at this point. Like I'm, I'm done fighting. Right. <laughs> just, just get get it all out. You know, like again, again and again, the, somebody came up with this idea for this scene and it's going in this movie. So just, you know, just get it. Get it out there. Get it on the screen. Let's get it over with. Right. Right. So the movie does, it looks like it's going to have a, a pretty depressing ending because The Rock is able to find his daughter, kill the bad guy. Um, but they're, the building, but at this point, the building is practically engulfed in flames. And he's like, don't worry, sweetie, to be okay. And he looks around, there's no way out. So he just, it's like the, the Toy Story 3. You know, he just, he grabs his daughter, he accepts the fate, 
that they're going to burn alive in his building. He starts apologizing to her, you know, and it's, it's kind of a sad scene. But little does he know that his wife is at the, uh, another part of Hong Kong where the bad guys were going to be landing with all of this information, uh, beating up the cute Asian girl <laughs> and who just happens to have the tablet that can turn off, uh, or I'm sorry, that can turn on the fire suppression systems that can put out the fire in the building. Luckily for The Rock and everyone watching the movie. Uh, Steven, what did you think of Nev Campbell beating up on this girl and who just actually happens to have this uh, tablet that falls that conveniently falls out of her pocket right in front of Nev Campbell? I think this was when the writers, when they were coming up with this idea, they were high as a skyscraper <laughs> and they were coming up with an idea for an ending. So... It's just my opinion. I, don't, I think that was just a cop-out of an ending. Well, I, I knew that once they introduced like a, a quote-unquote bad female villain, I knew that her and Nev Campbell were going to get into a fight at some point in the movie. And the fact that Well, they, I, have a th- mm-hmm. I have a theory about this because when in the beginning, the turn-on, turn-off yeah. of, of the iPhone, yep. they usually mention some type of MacGuffin that always comes around in the end. And I think that, that I was like... When I first saw it, I was like, damn it, I know that's going to come around at the end of the movie. <laughs> yeah, yeah. And that's how she, that's how Nev Campbell puts out the fire. She turns off all of the systems and turns it back on. Ta-da. And when she, when she revealed that line to the cop, I'm just like, oh, fuck, come on. No one in the audience <laughs> laughed. No one gave a shit. So, yeah. So, Joey, Nev Campbell saves the day by turning off the, uh, the tablet and turning it back on. Turning off the system and turning it back on. Uh, and The Rock and his daughter are miles away in the top of the building, and they're saved. What did you think of the ending? It was fine. Again, <laughs> we weren't going to watch The Rock and his daughter burn to death. So, yeah. Right. <laughs> you know, you knew something was going to happen. It was it was cute, I guess, that his, his wife saved them by doing what he showed her how to do to her small one at the beginning of the movie. Yep. It's about family. <laughs> That's fine. Again, it's fine. Mm-hmm. <laughs> There's zero, nothing offensive about the movie. It's fine. <laughs> exactly. That's the best I got. It's fine. It's fine. <laughs> this is what it is. <laughs> yeah. So, uh, so yeah, that's it. Uh, the Rock that's makes skyscraper. it. Uh, yeah. He makes it to the bottom of the building. He reunites with his family. Credits. Yep. And he goes home to lay waste to Nev Campbell's vagina. <laughs> <laughs> All right, so that's Skyscraper. Let's get it rated on a scale of 0 to 5, with 5 being the best and 0 being the worst. Steven, what do you got? 0 out of 5. <laughs> 0? Yep. Like I not, said earlier, it was a big pile. Of, not even a point five for the no, uh, jumping off the crane scene? <laughs> big pile of bullshit, like I said earlier. Wow, all right. Mark Wow, Ellis, that's Reagan. harsh, dude. That's harsh. That, I... There was a point of the movie that I realized that it had to be. I had to view it like a like an like a dumb horror movie. You know what I mean? Like you just have to roll with the punches and accept it for what it is. Uh, that being said, I really liked The Rock. I thought his performance was good. I really liked the the duct tape Mission Impossible scene, and um, I really liked those vertigo inducing scenes where I, I seeing it in two D, I got dizzy, and I was like, wow, that's really effective. So. I wanted to give it a three, but I gave it a three point five just because you know it's it's summertime. It doesn't call, it doesn't take too much thought to really enjoy it. So uh, yeah, I gave it a three point five. 
All right. Well, I uh, like I said, it was fine. I gave it a 2.5 out of 5, just the definition of a blah movie. I Like we've all said, I practically forgot half of it already, and I saw it yesterday. So, <laughs> um, you know, if it's on FX Saturdays or Netflix or one of those and you're bored and it comes on, or, yeah, well, I'll check this out. You know, it didn't have that kitsch, uh, lo- like, hook of, like, some of the old action movies. It's aping. So, you know, that that was kind of missing. But, yeah, I just give it a two and a half out of five. It was fine. It was fine. So that was that. That's The Rock is Skyscraper. So as we wrap it up, uh, Stephen, why don't we give you a chance to plug your show where people can find you every other week, audio files, and I th- what, every time you go to the movies visually? Yep. Um, so I forgot to mention the website earlier, www dot the new super retro throwback reviews dot com i think that's what it's called just type in the new super retro dot com and you'll find it um youtube super retro throwback reviews every weekend i'll have a mobile movie review out so if you want to see the movie and you're skeptical about it check out my mobile movie review and my opinion on it everyone has their own opinion so the new and improved Super Retro Throwback Reviews Audio Files version 2.0. It's my bi-weekly audio podcast. The 23rd. Yep, the 23rd is my next audio podcast where I have Mitch from Terrificon. will be promoting Terrificon. That's episode 20. 20th podcast episode. iTunes, Spotify, Stitcher, SoundCloud, Podbean and Google Play, and coming soon to Google Podcast. Awesome! And any recommendations for listeners out there? Something uh, they should check out? Uh, yeah, you can listen to our last episode. I had Larry <laughs> Dwyer from Connecticut Cult Classics. We talked about his double feature that's going to be this Saturday, July twenty first, at the Strand Theater in Seymour, Connecticut. They're showing Jaws and Piranha, and his double feature in August which is the Warriors and Foxy Brown. Um, I sponsor their events all the time. Um, and, and my co- coverage of con- uh, Comic-Con from Foxwoods. So if you missed out, you can check out the coverage there. Awesome. Awesome, awesome. I, you know, I've never seen Jaws. What? What? <laughs> like, I've you, seen Jaws 4. I really liked that one. You've ne- uh, Wait, you've never seen <clears> like <throat> the original Steven Spielberg Jaws movie? Correct. Oh, you know what that means. You just made the list. <laughs> <laughs> I'm gonna remedy that soon. I just—I was a big scaredy cat as a kid, so I didn't want to watch any scary movies. And now, and I didn't really care as I got older. And now here we are, all so many years later, and I just have never sat down and watched it. So, Jaws is awesome. I just watched it for the uh, the anniversary um, last year. Uh, and is it's, it on any sort of streaming service or anything right now? Or? Uh, I don't know. I'll have to take a look. I saw it on a big screen, and it was sold out. Um, that movie's awesome. You should definitely check it out. All right. Well, what about you, Mark? What, about, what do you got for recommendations this week? Uh, you know, I just want to recommend everyone uh, keep on top of uh, Cloak & Dagger. It's starting to get a little better. Uh, there still isn't as much cloaking and daggering as I want, but, uh, there's the storyline that they started is starting to, it's starting to blend together. Um, and it's starting to get really not suspenseful, but really in depth. So, um, I really like where this, the show is going. I think it's, it's a little bit past the halfway point right now, 
but uh, it's getting good. It's getting good. I really like the characters, and I really like where the story is going, uh, especially considering the first two episodes. I was like, Bleh. but uh, yeah, it's getting really good. So check out Cloak and Dagger. It's on free form. You can catch it the day after that on Hulu. All right. Well, I will uh, suggest everyone go to SoWizardPodcast.com where they can find the podcast every week. Links to all our social media accounts on the right-hand side of the page. Movie reviews, streaming picks from Adam and Mark Ellis, and so much more. SoWizardPodcast.com. Don't forget to subscribe to us on iTunes slash Apple Podcasts. Listen to us on Spotify or just about any podcatching app under the sun. You can leave us a five-star review on iTunes or also on Podknife.com. And that certainly helps out the show. I will uh, say that we do have a YouTube channel. We don't do anything with our YouTube channel. But without playing our hand, you might want to subscribe and kind of get yourself ready for that. So um, I will recommend I'm going to do a music recommendation. Uh, (laughs) One of my favorite bands, The Interrupters, had a new album come out called Fight the Good Fight. And it's fucking awesome. And you should listen to it. <laughs> it's on Spotify. Uh, best way I can describe it would be like Operation Ivy with a girl singer. So if that sounds cool to you, uh, check it out. It's certainly no Bad Baby, but what I was, is? I was going to say, dude, if you recommend Bad Baby, I'm turning off this fucking podcast right now. <laughs> <laughs> All right. So let's see. Next week, I believe we're going to talk about Mission Impossible, but not in the way you think. But on behalf of my co-hosts this week, Mr. Marquis Markellis Reagans. Uh, everybody have a great week. Uh, go see a movie and uh, Wakanda forever. And our guest, Mr. Stephen Christina. Uh, thank you for having me, guys. Um, it's It's been a pleasure. It's been fantastic. I've been your host, Joey DiCarlo. This has been episode number 206 of the So Wizard podcast. We'll see you next week. Good journey.